Hi, I'm Bill Arnold. Thank you for listening to this podcast. There are many more podcasts available at MyFaithRadio.com. Your support makes this possible. Thank you. And a warm welcome to the afternoon show. It is, in fact, time for the afternoon show. I'm Bill Arnold, and today I've got a wonderful show planned just for you. We've got some of my regulars, which I love getting the week started with. Patrick Albanese, my friend and confidant and colleague from the great state of Iowa, will be joining me, I believe, soon, uh, according to his schedule and mine. And then the Monday afternoon mix, which is Pastor David Miles and Rosie B. That's how we're going to do hour one and hour two, philosopher and theologian, Ken Samples, going to talk about the church calendar. That's going to be an interesting hour, so that's what's planned for you today. I always like starting off on a lighter note. A merry heart is like good medicine. Patrick Alban is my friend that helps me do that. Hello, Patrick. Hello. Weather permitting, when you said, you know, he should be joining us, right? It's always... <laughs> I was thinking if there was a movie, and it was with Val Kilmer, and uh, he's playing the part of, like, kind of this, you know, rock star who hits it big, and... They're showing all the various marquees and the covers of the magazines, and there's this great one from Vegas, and it's got his name up, Nick Rivers, appearing tonight, and this is down below, time permitting, Frank Sinatra. <laughs> <laughs> That's very funny. Uh, it is very funny. I still, uh, It still makes me laugh, time yeah. permitting, Frank Sinatra. <laughs> so today, earlier in this day, we had a conversation uh, in, in preparation for today, and mm -hmm. I said to you, where do you go when you're alone with your thoughts? Where do you go when you're alone with your thoughts? I want to ask listeners of that too, because I think that's a very important question. We don't like being alone with our thoughts. That's why they pipe music into elevators. And it seems mm -hmm. to be everywhere you go, you can't get away from uh, noise and distractions. Because I don't think we like being alone with our thoughts, but it is... No. A very important question. Well, yeah, um, I'm sure you've noticed even at the gas pumps now, you're pumping gas, and and there's a video screen with a TV commercial trying to sell corn chips. I know. You know, and you think, could I just have a little bit of peace and quiet while I watch this thing run like a like a slot machine in Las Vegas? Look at those numbers. You know, or could but, we uh, not have a a TV screen on the pump and just make the price of gas cheaper? Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I'm those sure things I'm aren't cheap. I'm sure. Yeah, and they're just trying to get me to buy the chips. Yeah, just right. To buy the chips, and no, none of us are opposed to chips. Let's not let's not you know say that we we don't like chips because we all like chips, right? Yeah. By the way, speaking of chips, I don't know. Just a little bit of trivia, uh, just slightly off topic. Uh, did you know that it is normal for dogs' paws to smell like Fritos chips? No, I did not know that. I did not know that till the other day. I said, "Why does our dog smell like Fritos?" And my wife very calmly says things that you say. You don't. You, come on, you're making that up. <laughs> she mm -hmm. says, "Oh, well, with all dogs, they have a uh, their their feet smell like Fritos." Huh. So I looked it up, and it turns out that dogs' feet smell like Fritos. So there, there you go. <laughs> well, I'm going to get yeah. a, a veterinarian on the show one of these days and and find out about that because that sounds find a little far-fetched. Yeah, yeah, cool. But cool I am curious. Fritos, I think. Yeah. What um, are what do you think when you're alone with your thoughts? Eight seven seven nine three three. 2484 again 877 933 2484 
What do you think when you're alone with your thoughts? I, I want to have uh, three suggestions uh, for people if they're wondering where a good place to go would be. We'll talk about that uh, here in the next uh, 10, 15 minutes. But uh, Patrick, where do you go when you're alone with your thoughts? Well, so normally, uh, you know, and this is one of the things we did discuss earlier, that it was so much easier to be alone with your thoughts. Um, and now we do seem to run from it. I know um, I know, I do. I, it, it's uh, uh, like you wear the earbuds all the time, right? You go to the gym and uh, the other day I was complaining that their music was so loud that I could not hear the music <laughs> in my earbuds that was right. already at you know level nine. And I thought, how much you know noise do we need? And uh, we just keep putting layers and layers upon it. But uh, I was reminding you, both of us in our youth, uh, not that long ago, you love to do the cross cross country road trips. I still love to do them, but of course, you know you're you always knew when you're kind of getting to the 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 no man's land, so to speak, where there were just you were going to lose radio reception. First, it would start with the degradation of the quality of the music, and you'd say, "Well, apparently, the only band that's ever been out here is Fog Hat." You know, <laughs> so <laughs> this is where I go to hear Fog Hat. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, you you get to a point where you get no radio reception, and you could always put a cassette or a CD in or an eight track if you're even older. Yep. Uh, but I often chose those times to just turn everything off and have this, the, the, the hum of the road. And I loved being alone with my thoughts and mm-hmm. it just felt like the floodgates would open. I, I, you know me, I don't like to say, well, God spoke to me. I, I, I wouldn't be certain if it was his voice that I was hearing or just, you know, what, you know, he's saying, buy a lottery ticket, is he? Um, but, um, I felt like I was receptive to anything he wanted me to hear. Or see, and I craved those times. I looked forward to those times. I almost had to be forced into them, though. Mm-hmm. It's the funny thing. I said, "Well, I'll just wait till the till I get no reception, mm-hmm. and then I'm going to go into that beautiful place that I love." Uh, but um, yeah, I, you know, of course, with satellite now, you 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 can choose to pollute your ears with all kinds of distractions and noise. So yeah. um, I did have one place I used to go. Uh, when I lived in Los Angeles, it was up by a place called Mount Wilson. I had found it and I drove up the mountains. It was about a 45 minute drive and it was in a preserve. And I found a bench near a creek in the woods in the mountains. And I would bring a book up there. I'd bring the Bible up there and I would sit on that bench for an hour or two. And it was just the most wonderful, mm-hmm. uh, Wonderful experience. All right, let me ask more specifically. When you're alone with your thoughts, Patrick, do you go negative or positive? Yeah. This will cut to you the quick, ask, quickly. Yeah, you know, that's uh, most, you know, Just unfortunately answer. negative. Yeah, okay. negative. All right. Yeah, negative. So my hope is, and I'm curious is to see if any listeners will chime in on this. Uh, when you're alone with your thoughts, where do you go? Um, I always would hope that we would turn to God and we would, our first thought when we get alone would be praise and worship to the Father and to just give God your complete attention whenever you you are alone with your thoughts. Um, But I do have three things to encourage you with uh, this week uh, regarding when you're alone with your thoughts. Um, And Patrick, how do you get yourself out of the negativity? Okay. I do have a, a, a couple of uh, go-to things, um, you know, because I find in the negativity, it's most likely <laughs> because I'm feeling sorry for myself in some fashion. 
you know, maybe, you know, maybe life has dealt me a couple of uh, difficult situations, right? It's like too much, too much on my plate right now. And, uh, you know, why didn't I make better choices? And I can do the negative self-talk. So I can certainly start counting my blessings uh, because the, the, the only thing for me to do when I'm really getting down on myself is to say, well, what are you complaining about? Mm-hmm. Why are why are you so negative? I do love Bible passages for that, uh, but for me, it, it'll definitely be shorter and quippier uh, type of things that you can just sort of run on a loop in your head. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You know? Yeah. Um, uh, I like stuff like that, and uh, one of my you know, since the invention of the smartphone, since all of us now carry between. 17 and 18,000 photos with us at any given time because we just every time we get a new phone we transfer everything over uh, I have this this movie of like my kids life uh, the other day I was looking for a specific video of my friend my son had some friends over and I was trying to find some stuff and I started going through and the smile on my face and the joy that I felt looking over the last uh, 10 years, I just I went back about 10 years, quickly scanning through some things, some short little videos. Oh, there's birthday party number three. And I said, what a, what a wonderful life God mm-hmm. has blessed me with. That's really just nice. Just a beautiful life. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if I'm making my point, if I'm figuring out how to say this well, but when all of a sudden it's just you and there's no noise, no distractions, no nothing, and you're alone with your thoughts, are do you gravitate towards... God and his goodness, or do you gravitate towards worry and the future and things that aren't finished? Um, I, I'm trying to get this down to kind of nuts and bolts here, and maybe I'm not expressing myself well, but... Yeah. I mean, my my tendency, um, sadly, is I, I go to the negative place first. That 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 has been over the years. Unfortunately, my, my natural tendency is to hit the negative, and I have to... Uh, the good stuff, the God stuff, I, I have to remind myself to go to it. Okay. It, it, you know, I wish I'd, I wish it happened naturally. I wish that it was the, my first reaction was to go right to that stuff. But uh, I, I, unfortunately, I tend to hit the, I wallow, I wallow a little bit. Yeah. Now, as we were talking about being alone with your thoughts, one of the, my first listeners said, to escape my thoughts, I read a book. Now, I wasn't suggesting you want to escape your thoughts, but maybe when you're alone with your thoughts, your first thought is, I need to get away from here. That could be, a, that could be true as well. And she said, to contemplate life, the world, and everything, I walk down a quiet country road, no sounds but insects and birds. That's lovely. Oh, that is, that's a... Uh, that's a gift, if you can do that. That's a gift, yeah. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I can, I can, you know, some early morning, since I'm an early, early riser, when the weather's nice, uh, if I could just sit with a cup of coffee out on the back deck, I do find that uh, the nature sounds, it does calm me a little bit. And then th- those are ideal times for me to contemplate, say, reading a uh, biblical passage, because I say I just feel so receptive and open at that point. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that makes sense to you. Mm, like I almost got to put myself in a mindset. Yeah. 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 Makes sense to me. All right, I've got three suggestions. Uh, we'll talk about them when we come back from break, but I think these are three that I sort of have floating around in my head when I get alone with my thoughts because your mind will gravitate towards something positive or something negative. And the more time it gravitates towards something positive, 
I think the better off you are. And I'll give you those three suggestions when we come back. I'm talking to Patrick Albanese, my friend and confidant in the great state of Iowa. We'll be right back. Hi there and welcome. If you are a new listener, we want to officially welcome you with a free welcome packet gift. Request yours today at MyFaithRadio.com. What would you do with a brain if you had one? Do? Why, if I had a brain, I could... I could while away the hours, conferring with the flowers, consulting with the rain. I am back with my friend and confidant, Patrick Albanese, who helps me get the week started on a lighter note. So, Patrick, uh, when we were chatting earlier today, you were giving me a list of a number of things that needed repair <laughs> uh, around <laughs> your house, your abode. And it's, I said it sounds a little daunting to me. And so I was thinking when you're alone with your thoughts... It would be yeah. easy to race to some of those uh, projects and some of the expenditures and some of the strategies you might need to use. And I want to suggest uh, for all listeners that if you have that moment where you're alone with your thoughts, uh, mm-hmm. there are three really good places to go. And the first one is going to involve a little bit of memory work. And it's uh, memorizing the first five verses of Psalm 103. I promise you will not regret memorizing the first five verses of Psalm 103. It says this, Praise the Lord, my soul. All my inmost being praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. I don't know how you do much better than that, Patrick. I don't, nothing in there about aluminum siding, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, that's, uh, that is, uh, I, you know what, I, I love that, it's poetic, it, it, it feels like a song. Doesn't that feel like a song to you? It does. I mean, you know, I realize it technically is a song, isn't it, when you think about mm-hmm, it? It's, mm-hmm. it's, it could very well be a hymn, but, um, I like that. That's reassuring. See, when I was talking about you know a short Bible passage, that's the kind of thing you can ruminate on easily for an extended period of time. Yes, you can. And just play that on loop in your head. Yes, but if that's in your brain and you get alone with your thoughts, if your mind gravitates to that verse, I think it's the most wonderful verse, a group of verses just to speak out loud. If you're in your car or on a walk, Say that out loud. First, you have to memorize them, but then say it out loud. And then the second thing I would encourage is just to think of a loving memory when you get alone with your thoughts. And you must have many, many, many loving memories. And those always fill your tank, don't they? Yeah. Oh, they're... Well, I was talking about going just going through a camera roll. Uh, it's It was almost disturbing to me how many wonderful memories I've had that I've just briefly forgotten. You know, you, you you really hope for the day that they develop the technology where they say, you know, we can just touch a certain part of your brain and any time in your life, if you want to recall the sights, smells, and sounds of that day, we can do it for you. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, I bet a lot of us could make a list and say, well, there, there's a couple of days I would like to, I just want to relive them in, in all their glory. I want to feel that day again. Uh, what a, what a wonderful life that I've, I've had. And it, what was disturbing to me at, at the time was I was watching some of this, I said, I'd forgotten some of this. And it takes effort to recall that. It's so easy to just maybe forget um, some of these wonderful memories that you've had. It's like, hang on a second. There's not one of the reasons we love to, you know, get together with old friends and say, oh, remember that time? And you say, you know, I had forgotten. I had <laughs> forgotten. Mm-hmm. You know, a mutual friend of ours today sent a picture of uh, a show all of us did together 15 years ago. Uh, 15 years ago. Uh, where it was three casts from one show taking turns on stage. And I, I see this picture and the whole evening, this, the, the whole experience, he just came flooding back and it mm-hmm. just felt so good. Yeah. Great place to go. It is. Now, part B of that, think of a loving memory. Part B of that idea is to then add gratitude because there's a great opportunity to go. That was the most, I've just had this loving memory and then to give God thanks and praise for it. Because then that'll mm-hmm. help you maybe turn your, your spirit a little bit. Instead of gravitating towards something negative, you're now reinforcing in your mind and in your heart gratitude for something that's already happened that was this mm-hmm. beautiful, loving memory. Doesn't each day have its own problems? And some days you have to just go back and maybe think, last week this happened, I had this exchange with this loving person, and it was a great moment, and oh, thank you, God, for that experience. So sometimes a loving memory is just the right thing to fill your mind with when you get alone with your thoughts. Oh, and it also reminds us, you know, try to create some of those. Always be on the lookout for an opportunity to create another one. Oh, so true. Yeah. Yeah, we so just true. had my my son had four friends, four thirteen year old boys sleep over there, and I'm or yeah, twelve and thirteen, and my daughter had her thirteen year old friend sleep over. So we had seven kids in the house, uh, which was I grew up with eight. I said, so this is what mom and dad were complaining about, <laughs> but um, they created this amazing memory and uh, for all of us i mean i you know i loved it and you know i hope to pay it off someday because it was kind of pricey having them all over but uh i know that in 20 30 40 years when they maintain contact or have contact again with these friends will say remember that night mm. that we drove your parents to the brink <laughs> remember that night and i said well i'm i'm you know and my wife and i when we started on the whole idea of it we said let's create a memory form Mm-hmm. Let, let's invite as many as you can and let's make this really fun for you. Mm-hmm. So yeah, be on the lookout for maybe not just for yourself, but try to create memories for others too. Yeah. I do think being alone with the thoughts makes you uncomfortable. I, I honestly, I think when you get alone, you get, you get tense. People say, well, I'll pick up my phone instead. I'll, I'll check this. I'll, I'll turn on TV. I'll do something. Uh, Cause it is hard yeah. to just go and be alone. A listener said, I have a, my heart is open in that setting, which is a lovely response because that's not always the case for people. They go, "Mm, I don't like the quiet. I'm going to do something. I'm going to create some noise or distraction. And I just want to say, as we focus on, on Holy Week this week, let's create some space, some margin where we can get alone with the Lord and show a heart of gratitude. 
All right. Well, the I thing, sh- yeah, and what I love about the, uh, the you know Psalm one hundred three that you put up is you know when when we do get alone sometimes and it's quiet and then that negative that critic that uh, we all seem to possess who's got the loudest voice in our head uh, it seems like you know putting your sight on god is the only way to get the critic to say i'm sorry i you know, i can't compete with that <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know yeah all right my first one was memorize the first 5 verses of psalm 103 speak that out loud when you get alone with your thoughts let that be the first thing that comes into your mind is a piece of scripture you can pray back a, 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 a thankfulness to god Praise the Lord, all my soul. Think of a loving memory and then give God uh, gratitude for that memory. And my last but not least, and Patrick, this is the lane we love a lot, is think of something funny. Yes. Oh, I love that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's, it's uh, I mean, when you get together with old friends, what is it you enjoy the most? <laughs> laughing. Just, mm-hmm. just laughing. And... Uh, uh, and that it's funny how the the memory thing tends to go with that, you know. Remember that time, mm-hmm. but uh, uh, you know, like I can't get enough of watching funny stuff. I well, I was always a comedy movie kind of guy. Anyway, yeah. I never liked scary movies. Uh, but uh, yeah, think of something funny. Well, obviously, it's something maybe from your past. A great laugh you had with a friend or a family member or a loved one. And you created that moment of pure joy where you thought that was such a hilarious moment. And I know that when you kind of go back to that moment and you think of that and you start to smile and maybe start to laugh a little, it fires a little of those hormones in your brain. I mean, God built in our brains this incredible pharmacy of chemicals that are accessed by exercise and laughter. Let's go get them. Yeah. Because you, know, you feel many, better. Many, many moons ago, a friend was building a treehouse in the backyard and had uh, the official barn raising day and invited a whole bunch of a bunch of mutual friends, people you know. Uh, we were all over there for ridiculous labor. We're not the kind of people that should be climbing up in a tree, putting up walls. But anyway, as we're doing this, at, at one point, somebody said something. We don't know what it was. And it made all of us laugh. And another person managed to capture that moment on film. <laughs> and I have to actually call to get my copy of that picture because it used to be one of those pictures that I could pull out and say, I still don't know, remember what was said. But here are, and there, there were comedians and magicians. I say, here's 20 people all laughing at the same time over something that was just said here at this moment and it got captured. I used to be able to just look at that picture and so it was a memory but I said, I don't even know what it was. It was so funny, but I'm still laughing. <laughs> That's, yeah. A listener said, thanks for the suggestion to create good memories. That's great and proactive. Also laughed out loud for the first time today about the foghead comment. <laughs> so so I, I struck a nerve. You <laughs> struck a nerve, yeah. You know, it's true. When do you, when do you ever hear foghead played on the radio? Yeah, <laughs> when you're in the middle of nowhere. Somewhere between Kansas and Oklahoma. <laughs> Are those states even connected? I'm not I even sure. Not sure. Somewhere in there. Yeah. yeah. All right, go make some good memories today, Patrick. Thanks. Have right. a great rest of the day. Thanks, you too. You're right. We'll take a little break. We'll come back to Monday afternoon mix, complete with cool jazz music. Pastor David Miles, Rosie B. Be right back.
Thank you for joining me today. I'm always glad to join up with David Miles and Rosie B as we form the Monday afternoon mix. Mix, 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 mix. Yeah, a little bit of echo there. Never hurts. All right. You know, this is the day that Jesus uh, turned over some tables in the temple. He was mad and it was righteous anger. And it had me thinking, uh, ladies and gentlemen, that what tables might need to be overturned in our lives. Hmm. Mm. Very convicting, Bill, to start off. I didn't mean to come out swinging that hard, but here I am. I've cut the small <laughs> talk. Right, right to the point. Right? Right to the well, point. Well, Bill, as we start off, some really great news about this is that the Gospels record, um, you know, Jesus cleansing the temple. And there's a really interesting thing that happens in John's Gospel. And after Jesus cleanses the temple in John's, and, it's, and in John's, it, it's earlier in the book. But in verse 23, it says um, this. Now, when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover feast, many believed in his names when they saw the signs that he was doing. Here's the point. But Jesus on his part did not entrust himself to them because he knew all people and he needed no one to bear witness about man for he himself knew what was in man. Mm-hmm. So I, I just want to kick off with this of saying, you know, asking what tables need to be overturned. You have a God who went to the cross for you, and he knows you. So, like, he knows. And so we can just get honest because they're not like Jesus is going to be like, wow, really, you said you were thinking that? So I think just giving our listening family that reminder, that freedom mm-hmm. to just as you swing and come out for the fence to know that there's a God that says, come out. I, I know and I love you. You know what I love about this too, this particular action of Christ is that if I'm not mistaken, it bookends his ministry. It's one of his first acts, the first time he cleansed the temple, right after he made water into wine. And then here in his last week of life, he's cleansing the temple again. And it's got that symbolism for me means so much that God wants us to take note of where he is in our life. And um, and where the idols are and what he can do through us and in us if we would, you know, have a contrite heart as it talks about in Psalm 51. That's a great point, Rosie. Um, and I'm, I'm, maybe I'm asking all of us to do a little bit of introspection today. And I spoke to David earlier today and I was thinking of areas in my life where I've got things on tables Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it's uh, pride or a little low-level anger or who knows what. I mean, I could go on and on, but I don't know how many tables I want to load up, but I think Jesus would come in and say, let's turn these tables over. This is not who I want you to be. This is not what I want for you. Well, okay, so maybe, David, you can help me out here. When he The tables that he was cleansing, a lot of that was because they were selling things to sacrifice, correct? And And so... I keep on coming back to Psalm 51, where the true delight of God's sacrifice is a contrite and simple heart before him, right? Otherwise, I think Psalm 51 says, you don't delight in sacrifice or I would bring it. You don't take pleasure in burnt offerings. Um, My sacrifice, oh God, is a broken spirit and a broken and contrite heart. So is that what they were selling was things to sacrifice on the tables, David? Uh you know, in the temple area, they would have to, yeah, have sacrifices and they would do, what would happen is the people would charge exorbitant um, transaction rates. 
for people. And mm-hmm. you have to remember, these are people who are traveling from all over, as we talked last week, ascending up to Jerusalem and coming from all parts. And a number of them were poor. Mm-hmm. And so they're coming into the temple and they're being overcharged. The other thing about the temple area was they were in the court of Gentiles. So even Gentile um, visitors who were wanting to go into the temple, uh, it was the Minnesota State Fair. Mm. Uh, And Jesus, you know, he basically in Mark's gospel quotes Isaiah 56, um, verse 5, or 7, when it says, uh, for my house shall be called a house of prayer of people for all the nations. And so like literally transacting business in a way that people who wanted to see and meet God couldn't because they were using the place as a marketplace. Um, And also uh, actually, you know, really transacting and and, um, causing people who were not Gentiles, um, just charging exorbitant rates and defrauding them and just violating so much of the law that they knew. Hmm. I feel like that. I'm I'm not trying to take this passage out of context. What I'm what I was hoping to do is just try to do some application in our personal mm-hmm. lives as mm-hmm. we focus on Holy Week. And I was thinking there's unforgiveness in a person's life as you anticipate Holy Week. That's something that needs to you know, you need to repent that Jesus would come in and, into your life and say, you need to you need to seek forgiveness. You need to not harbor this grudge. You need to that's maybe a table he'd tip over. So mm-hmm. I think on yeah, one side, we can go deep uh, scripturally, or we can we can also try to look at it in terms of what's on your tables that might be over need to be overturned. That's all, Bill. And you were talking with Patrick earlier about you know what do you think when you're alone with your thoughts? I would think yeah. that that all the haggling in the in the market or in the front of the temple would have been very loud, and people might not have been able to go in and worship and have the quietness within. So as you're talking about unforgiveness, I'm thinking how loud those voices of unforgiveness can be in our life. So maybe limiting how much we can worship because those other tables that we have set up in our spirit and in our soul and in our, actually in our physical homes even can, can be so distracting. Hmm. Well, um, Rosie, I'm not sure if you were like, you know, in my mind or where I'm at, because like right now I'm, I'm actually out of studio and uh, was up working on a book that I'm writing and getting some projects done. And the Lord woke me up this morning, like before four o'clock, like rested, like, and I, mm-hmm. but it, it actually just came out and just came and just got on my knees before the couch, sat in quiet and just talked with the Lord. And as I just sat in, actually, I just sat in quiet for a long time. And then what came was confession. Mm. It's kind of like, okay, Lord, this isn't my life. This isn't my heart. This is, and then just sitting there and then God saying, David, I want this from you and I love you. And will you relinquish? And, I, and I'm praying like, and he's like, consecrate yourself to me. And like, outside of this call today, I've sat in silence the entire day. And it truly has been a wonderful thing to not have even the the white noise and even some of the, you know, music or teaching or learning or studying or research that I like to do, but really just kind of 
what you're saying, Rosie, even just turning over the table of the loud marketplace and asking Jesus to have his rightful place in the temple of our lives. Well said, David Miles. Appreciate that. So as we look down this week and we have a lot of thoughts about what's going to be transpiring with the the death, burial, and resurrection of our Savior and what is going on in our lives that we need to have that consecration, David, that you talked about. How do you consecrate yourself to the Lord? You said that, but how does that look? How do you do that? You know, I I think um, making a place and space um, to do that. I mean, one of the things that happened at the end of the week, Bill, is they prepared um, for the feast. They prepared for the Passover. Mm-hmm. There was the day of preparation. It, that wasn't the Sabbath. It was the day before the Sabbath. And it was this part of just preparing yourself for the Lord, literally like making making space. And to go back to what, what uh, Rosie had talked about, you know, when when Jesus, when um, when his his gospel ministry opens in John, it, it's talking about, oh, excuse me, in Mark, um, behold, I send my messenger before your face who will prepare your way. We were talking about John the Baptist the other day, this whole idea of just preparing the way. Because back to the kind of the busyness thing, um, when I actually sit down and like keep track of my time, it's it's amazing like if if I take a break and I actually got on social media, how much time that can take and you don't realize it. So it's not that we don't always necessarily have the time for preparation. Mm-hmm. It's just that our time is going to other things that are really good at taking our attention and hitting our dopamine centers and keeping us swiping and looking at the next thing. So sometimes just letting it go and laying it down. Hmm. That's so is, profound. Is, is, a, is a thing because I mean, like guys, like really how, how easy is it to jump on any type of social media and look up and be like, dude, that was like 30 minutes, 45 minutes. Like what happened? I know, but the puppies are really cute. And so are the little baby faces. <laughs> I know. <laughs> They're they're super, super cute. And God sometimes wants to say, you know what I did in a moment in Isaiah's life? That I that Isaiah was in the temple, and in a moment he saw the Lord high and lifted up mm-hmm. the train of his robe, and like it radically transformed him. Mm-hmm. And so, like sometimes, you know, giving up puppies for the presence of Christ. Right. And coming back to the puppies afterwards. It sounds like um, it. It doesn't just sound like it. It is an act of intentionality mm-hmm. that you have to intend. I mean, when you think about the first time you fall in love, and boy, you would drop anything for that person, right? You would. You would run. You would. You know, you bought gifts. You had the butterflies and all those things. And actually, God is always our first love. And so the t- intentionality of giving him that time of of treating him with that honor, right? Because he's mm-hmm. so worthy, he's so holy, he's so he. There's no words for how worthy he is. 
But to intentionally think of him that way versus waiting for a feeling is very different, isn't it? So it's you've des- mm-hmm. you've decided he is my first love, and this is I'm going to run to him versus oh he's my first love, and I'm waiting for butterflies because butterflies mm-hmm. leave, right? So hmm, I love that. I love the intentionality of that, David. Yeah, I, I as well, David. So when we are looking at our lives and we're thinking, are we allowing God to be bearing fruit through us? Are we participating in kingdom life? What might be on the tables that is a distraction from that? What is keeping us from being more fully engaged? Do we have this get in and get out worship experience? Do we pay lip service? Do we have uh, a hollowness to our thoughts when it comes to kingdom life because there's too many other things on the tables of our lives that are might be choking things out. That was the question I just wanted to ask. It's a really good question. I'm feeling I, I, I think know, in the, I, I think in the podcast I'm going to have to put a convicting conversation cuz I'm sitting mm-hmm. here going, "Okay, Lord, this is a great question to ask you right now." I've already mm-hmm. gotten two things, right? So mm-hmm. um yeah, it's I mean, a our, good question. Our, our deepest longing would be to worship him and should be to worship him. So I guess the question is, we can all ask ourselves and we may not answer it today on the air, but what's on those tables? Not that Jesus would come in and knock them over, but we just look at them in our lives and say, I need to have less of that. And a good way to have less of that is if I knock the table over and I don't look at it anymore. You know what's interesting too is the first time he cleaned the tables off, he sat there very, you know, he had intention of doing that because he sat down, scripture tells us, and he made a whip of sorts. And the second time, he doesn't do that. He he just goes in his righteousness and just flips them over. So, mm-hmm. I, so I, I wonder if that too isn't in his mercy as he's working with us that, you know, there's intention for him to want to take those tables down and he gives us room in there. And then, you know, in our disobedience, you know, he might come through a little bit more forcefully and say, this table needs to come down. And doesn't he have the right as God, our King and our Lord of all Lords to say so? Yeah. All right, we're going to take a little break. We'll be right back with more Monday Afternoon Mix. Pastor David Miles and Rosie B. We're talking about cleansing... The temple, what's on your tables that might need to get pushed over? That might be a distraction. It might be keeping you from your worship of the Father. We'll be right back. Start each week with a moment of reflection and prayer with the Faith Radio Prayer Devotional email. Sign up today at MyFaithRadio.com. Back with the Monday afternoon mix, Pastor David Miles, Rosie B. The merchants and the money changers that they they set up shop. They had tables. They were exploiting people. It was not good. They were taking advantage of worshipers. And Jesus is the truer, better, 
temple. He is the spotless lamb, the fulfillment of the law, and that's where we focus our attention. And during the break, David had mentioned a quote from Eugene Peterson, which I think bears repeating. David, would you do us the honor? Yeah, this is a quote from his book, The Contemplative Pastor, and it's in its second chapter. And he gets into the conversation of of busyness, and he says this, I, and most pastors, I believe, become busy for two reasons. Both are ignoble. Number one, I am busy because I'm vain. I live in a society in which crowded schedules and harassed conditions are evidence of importance. So I develop a crowded schedule and harassed conditions. When others notice, they acknowledge my significance and my vanity is fed. Number two, I'm busy because I'm lazy. By lazily abdicating the essential work of deciding and directing, establishing values and setting goals, other people do it for us. Then we find ourselves frantically at the last minute trying to satisfy a half dozen different demands on our time, none of which is essential to our vocation, to starve off the disaster of disappointing someone. And Rosie, you had a third one. (laughs) I had a third one because when, in the first segment, when Bill was saying, what's your table? I heard the Lord say right away, oh, child, it's busyness for you. And I thought, yep, it's not the first time I've had to flip that table over with the Lord, but busyness in a, a different sense of being a mom, a wife, a employee, and feeling like, here, underline the word feeling, because it's not true, that you need to do so much for other people to have things moving forward. And truthfully, that's a lie, because you're just stealing their opportunity to step into something for themselves. Um, So yeah, I think women in general, I won't put you all in there, because maybe some people don't do that, but I think moms in general do that often, myself included. So Rosie, if there's a table that needed tipping over in your life, it might be the table called busyness. It's totally the table called Mm. busyness. It's not an if, Bill. It's definitely an underlined, capitalized yes. Mm -hmm. Do you get energy, though, from taking on lots of projects and and trying to have a a long list of accomplishments that you can look at at the end of the week and go, look what all I got done? So I think that's part of um, being an achiever. And so, Mm -hmm. yes, there is a part of that. I think that's also, I think there's a sneaky sin in our life um, of being capable And so you're capable, so you do. And really, that's not very honoring to the other people you're with. You may be capable, but that doesn't mean that God wants you to step in all the time because you really do steal other people's opportunity to grow when you step in. And so I would say in my case, it's probably both of those two things. All right. David, your thoughts on that? I can resonate with the busyness um, piece as well. And, uh, you know, I think um, sometimes just allowing, sometimes seeking and, you know, and having so much on my own plate. And, uh, you know, one of the dangers to that is not making sure to tie up loose ends, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, Some personality types love to start new things and, uh, um, you know, might have more than a few projects not done. Um, And then some like to start new things and also like to finish them, but add other things while they're in the process of finishing other things. And, uh, you know, I know for myself that, you know, being busy 
Um, or, or that whole thing, like you said, Rose, about being capable of feeling like, okay, yeah, I can do that. You know, I think I could fit that in. I think I could get that done. Yeah, I think I could help this person or I could do this type of thing and not realize the full demands uh, on your time and, um, and you know, in good ways, not even necessarily selfish ways, but the demands on your time and also how you might inconvenience other people, including your family. Mm-hmm. More importantly, most importantly, your family. How about this for a interesting prayer? Jesus, turn over the tables in my life that need to be turned over. Oh, I like it. That's simple. I'm just saying it's going to be kind of scary, though, which mm-hmm. is, you know, but if the Lord's doing <laughs> yeah. it, it shouldn't be scary. Well, early on in my walk with the Lord, he, um, I had some quiet time with him. I was very new and didn't have a whole group of people around me, and I was very frightened at all the things, all the changes he was going to be- make because I could see them. You know, I they were very present. And he just spoke into my heart that he would never take me into an area that he hadn't prepared me to stand in. And so I think, you know, if if you if you're looking at your own life right now and you see not one table but several, maybe it's you know there's addiction, maybe there's um, a workaholic, maybe there is so many different things, and you can't understand where he's going to start. He'll start on the table that you are capable of maintaining cleared, and and then if he has to come back to that table, that's just humility, right? That's just where we grow and depend on him even more. Mm-hmm. If there's things on the table, though, that are crowding out the gospel or crowding out discipleship in your life, I know Jesus is interested in those going over. Yeah. So as we prepare this week for Easter and uh, Good Friday and everything that is so beautiful this week, and it's the, it is the foundation of our faith, and this beautiful Resurrection Sunday is where we place our faith and our joy, is that, Lord, what, what this week, what what do you want to show me? What tables need to get turned over? Because right now I want those tables over. Period. Mm. <laughs> and it's you know that that'd be the and prayer. Sometimes listening listening to those you know around you who love you enough to you know tell you like uh, your your plate's full, you know. And sometimes when there's so much on your table, you can't see and it just you just keep adding to it and uh you know sometimes having perspective like jesus had to come and flip tables a question is and what are the ways that jesus lovingly comes along when there's stuff on your table and says i just want to encourage you and i just want to sit with you and help clean this off but we just kind of blow them off Mm -hmm. just keep being busy and to the point that really the stuff needs to come off the table Mm -hmm. You know, David, I think that's a great, a great um, statement, right? What you were saying, because as you were saying it, I was thinking, oh, Lord, just praying that when people, do, this doesn't mean you have to clean things off your table so you can do more for the Lord. This is about cleaning things off the table so you can have intimacy with the Lord, so he can direct you, so can he, so he can have relationship with you. And through that, he may have new assignments, but this is about your relationship with him, not about doing more things. Does that yeah. make sense? You know, it, it does, Rosie. When I was in at Trinity um, Evangelical Divinity School, I had a class called Personal Holiness with Dr. Michael Sabo. Just an incredible, incredible class. And uh, one of the books, and I, I'd recommend it to our, our listening family, was a book by Calvin Miller called The Table of Inwardness. Mm. 
it has this very sweet part of in the introduction, our first chapter, where it's literally talking about how Jesus prepares a table and he invites us to it, like literally clears things off and says, here's a table. And he sits there and he really desires to meet with us. And so, um, you know, I'd recommend that as a read for someone who's like maybe saying, like, what would be some next steps to developing this type of intimacy and uh, growing into this call that Jesus is saying, come be with me. Um, and the beautiful thing, like with communion, the Lord has prepared the table already. What's the name of that book again? It's called The Table of Inwardness by Calvin Miller. I just want to close our time today with Ephesians chapter 117. My, my hope for everyone this week is that I Keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. And I think we get to know him better when we knock some tables off that are filled with distractions, filled with things that don't matter. C.S. Lewis said so beautifully, what isn't eternal is eternally out of date. So as we prepare our hearts and minds this week. My deep desire is that we get into the word, we get quiet with the Lord, and we listen to that for that still small voice. So, all right. Thank you both, Rosie B. and David Miles. It's great being Thank together. Thank you, guys. Love it. Yep. All right. We'll take a short break, but when we come back, our two, Ken Samples, who's both a theologian and a philosopher, is my guest. We're going to talk about the church calendar and everything that's going on this week on the church calendar. Look forward to that and be right back. Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at myfaithradio.com.